You're listening to Wander and Rome. Hey, Hamish. Yeah? Have you ever intentionally decided to ignore something you probably shouldn't? Well, I mean, of course, who ain't ignored the odd kettle whistling when you should ought to have drunk it? But I think you're getting after something maybe a little more substantive. Well, let's see. Looking back, looking back. You know, sometimes when I would see my brother, not so much seeing him physical, you understand? Sort of when I would see him in my mind's eye, I would see some bit of myself in him. Some came from our daddy, but did not like what I saw. Yeah, I know what some of those words mean. Anyway, I try not to think about that. <laughs> you want some toast? Oh, please serve it up. Leaving Shady Vale, our heroes travel down the mountain into the unknown of a new country, the Moor. The landscape of this new place is green and alive. This land is not as wild and untamed as their home. Tree stumps dot the land as loggers move their cargo on large carts, not driven by any discernible bug. Following the path, the group comes across an isolated cabin in an idyllic meadow. Welcome to Geyserland Cabin. Our friends traverse down a road that is, as opposed to the typical dirt roads they wander, this is made of stone and hard-pressed and stable. Cracker Jack seems to be having a little bit of trouble uh, on these here, uh, what is this, cobblestone? Not an urbane bug. No, no, she's used to, to the open road, and this uh, road seems pretty closed. She'll just have to, you know, get some calluses. I guess so. The ground beneath them begins to shake and tremble. Out in the field before this cabin, a geyser of water shoots dozens of feet into the air. Whoa. Huh. Did you guys see that? Oh. I ain't never seen nothing like that. Yeah, the ground just did a rude spit take. It do smell so bad, though. Like farts. Like eggs. Egg farts. Egg farts. Oh, look, another one. I wonder if the people in the cabin there know anything more about this. It is in that moment as the group looks towards the cabin that Aldern pointed at, they see a rabbit in front of the door waving frantically at the group. You you guys, you guys, you need to come over here. You you need to get inside right now. Well, we're on our way. He seems (laughs) to be in quite a bit of a hurry. (laughs) Come on, come on, come on, come on, guys. Okay, we're coming. Well, now, son, you know, living your life in a hurry is a good way to do nothing in your life. I don't know what that means. Get inside. Oh, okay, we're, we're on it. The group hustles towards the cabin. Um, is there a reason why you're running away? I didn't see anything in the fields. The rabbit pulls the group inside and slams the door shut. You saw it, didn't you? You saw the spirit? The ground was shaking terribly. Very frightening. It was so scary. <gasps> I'm sorry. I met the rabbit, but do I also have the pleasure of looking upon a mole and a shrew? Yeah, my my name is Jams. 
Nice to meet you, James. Oh, and I, I was I was too busy trying to save your life. I didn't even introduce myself. My name is Grimbly. Yeah, I had you pegged for a Grimbly. And and I'm Warnut. I'm sorry. What was what was that? Oh, Warnut. It's a family name. Warnut. Warnut. Nut of a war. Yeah. Okay. I've heard of warmongers and warhawks. Never a warnut. Some of those folks over at the output, they was warnuts. Yeah, that outpost was full of them. Did you see any other of my family members over there? I don't know. Is one of them a giant yak? Mm, no, not that one. So, uh, judging by your look there, says the shrew, I'd take you for a, uh, raindrop? Is that right? <gasps> That's me. Pleasure to meet you. You got that in one. Wow, no notes. That's crazy. Jams, are you psychic? <laughs> I might be, but I, I do think it might be the professor that's the real psychic around here. Oh, we got He's a... seen some strange things. Oh, we got a, the professor in this house. Things have just become real. <laughs> Hamish, I, I, I wonder if we might be able to speak to this professor and see why these folks are so uh, freaked out. Yeah, I mean, I bet we could, but maybe we could also take a moment to enjoy this delightful scenery and beautiful day before we go down and meet a person named The Professor. You know, I would love that, except that he locked the door behind him, so I don't know if uh, we're going to be able to see anything other than outside the window. Uh, all right, guess I'm going back outside. No, you can't. You can't go outside. No, stop. Grimbly jumps in front of the door, putting his whole body weight in between you and freedom. You're lucky you got inside before, ooh, before it happened again. Grimbly, you know, you've put your entire body weight against this door. I'm roughly four times your size. It's not the size of the rabbit in the fight. <laughs> it's the size of the fight in the rabbit. No, I get it. It's a symbolic gesture of yours. Before we go any further, I guess it's probably safe to ask, um, what was that spirit you were talking about? The spirit. They come from the ground. <gasps> Frightening. You encountered it and survived. We've never seen anyone survive before. I mean, we've never seen anyone die before either, but nobody survived. No one. So there's four of you. Am I doing that mathematics correct? Yes. Absolutely, four of us. And the four of you have remained inside this cabin? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The professor, he's down in the basement looking over the book. The Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Is it a big rotten book? Oh, the most rotten book you've ever seen. It's terrible. That is my favorite genre. That's true. Hamish does love old creepy books. Yeah, it kind of like matches the fact that he's old and creepy too. <laughs> what is this book about? Oh, well, there's the real old and creepy. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> this book, um, it, it, it was in a strange language. One that one that we didn't understand, but the professor says that he he can translate it. When we read what he translated, uh, all of a sudden the ground started rumbling, and then the spirits arrived. And ever since that day, many times a day, the earth it shakes again, and the spirits erupt from the earth. And we we only survive by staying inside this house. Staying inside the house. Staying inside the house, you say. Mm -hmm. We all said that, yes. Now, what if I was to open the door? No, 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 no. Now, if I could just put my little paw right here on the handle. No, 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 no. And I just pulled it this way. All right, I'll give it a little shut for you. 
Grimbley turns and says, the reason we don't go out there is that these spirits, they can hurt you. L look! And he rolls his little sleeve up and you see a small burn mark where his fur should be. You touched the water from the geysers. I don't understand what you're talking about. It, it started raining from the sky and we thought it was regular rain, but then it burned me. Oh, I was gonna go out and see if I can just hop on it, but I guess that answers that question. That's a bad idea. Squeakers decides to investigate the cabin a little bit more. He walks around and there's not really anything of interest. It's a wooden cabin, very bare bones. There's a table, a fireplace. There are several bug heads mounted on the walls and there's a broken mirror. There is also a trap door that is open and leading down into a dirt basement. Excuse me, um, can I just speak to my friends for a minute? Squeakers pulls the group aside and says, These guys seem like real freaks. We should probably get out of here as soon as possible. I mean, I don't think they're dangerous, Squeakers. They're just horrible frightened. We look over to the other group, and they are all huddled together with their heads together, whispering like we are. Those guys seem like real freaks. I don't think they're really any danger to us. I don't think we can trust them, though. We should get the professor. We should get the professor. Absolutely. Suddenly a voice drifts up from the door down to the cellar, singing a little lilting tune. Door goes open, the door goes closed, the door goes foot till the foot goes no. Hey, someone there? I heard someone present. Professor, we have visitors. Professor, there's somebody who came in. Yeah, many somethings. I sense a presence. Do not come here. Do not come any closer. One presence or four because... I mean, there are multiple of us. Also, did you notice that he said he sent something after Grimbley said that there were people here? Mm. That's right. I sensed four presences. Oh, he's good. Oh, wow. <laughs> the group walks over to the trap door and they look down. And sitting on the bottom step is a sparrow wearing glasses. Shield yourselves. Please keep your hand at the level of your eyes. Um... Okay. Like like shading our eyes like from the sun or like... Or like hands up. Yeah, like blinders. Or do you mean like from that stage play Pan's Labyrinth? <laughs> no, no, no. You must keep your hand at the level of your eye. This spirit that has taken this basement, he has power of vine and growth. They may strangle you, but not if you keep your hand at the level of your eye. Oh, is that why there's... Lichen on the walls. Lichen. I hate him. <laughs> uh, let's go downstairs and maybe we can talk to him. Hey, uh, your name's the professor, right? That's what they call me. Yeah. What's is your degree in? Lepidoptery. I, I don't know what that is, but sounds mighty impressive. Sounds very is that the study of butterflies and moths? Yes, but don't tell anyone. Oh, <laughs> that's way less impressive. Alder... <laughs> <laughs> Professor, I'm so sorry. Aldrin just blew up your spot right there. Yeah, we should uh, just close this trap door now. <laughs> hey, uh, so, Professor, I, I, yes. I, I got a question for you. These freaks over here said that you found a book that was mighty interesting. Oh, and through the day that I did. Cool. So, uh, can we see this book? We're pretty interested in it. None have yet looked upon the book and emerged 
unchanged. Does that mean that you were changed? Well, I haven't stopped looking at the book. Maybe it will happen later. <laughs> I'm willing to take that risk. <laughs> Squeakers begins descending down the steps. And as he does so, he sees that the basement is illuminated by a single candle. As he looks around, he sees in the dimly lit room barrels of rations and crates of various things. He realizes that the professor must have been down here for a little while. Buddy, why don't you take a break from looking at that book? I'll go ahead and look at it for you. Just so you can take a break, you know. What, so two of us may be taken by the book? No, no, I have a job for you. Put all these spooky papers on the wall. Oh, the professor <laughs> shoves a pile of papers into Squeaker's hands. And as he looks down, it's incomprehensible writing. And the ink is red. The paper being a very thick, pulpy paper. Okay. You got any, I don't know, like tape or nails or something? I have these pins, but be cautioned, they are attached to red thread. <laughs> okay. Does uh, looking at all those pages change you, too? I'm looking at these pages right now, and I, I don't feel nothing. We haven't tried it yet, but I like the ambiance. Fair enough. Squeakers begins to put the pins into the papers and running the red string between them. Oh, my friends, you should not have come here. I mean, we didn't really want to come here, per se. We was just on our way, and Grimbly done motioned us up here, so... Your rabbit kind of insisted. Grimbly, that soft-hearted fool. Bless him. <laughs> uh, uh, did, did somebody call my name? Good job, Grimbly. Keep it up. Oh, thank you, Professor. They seem to think there's some kind of a spirit in the ground. What have I unleashed into this world? We didn't necessarily see any spirits, but we did see those giant fountains of water erupting from the earth. That was pretty cool. That was actually mighty beautiful. Uh, yeah. But apparently it's hot water. Mm. So, I don't know. Maybe we should, like, guess it. Oh, wait. Oh, I just had a brain blast. <gasps> yeah. Those happen after reading the book. It's working. It's working. <laughs> now, here's what we should do. We should get some tea, mm. put them in little mugs, and then... When the water shoots up in the air, if we can put them in the right spot to fill up, then it's automatic tea. Yeah, but the tea would taste like eggs. Egg farts. Egg fart tea. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't think about egg fart tea. Now, don't wander off. Wander in Rome will be right back. Hey friends, Addison here. The 15th annual Grassroots Shakespeare Company Summer Tour is launching in late May. These tours are where Soren, Gary, Steve and I met, and Wander in Rome would quite literally not exist without them. They'll be bringing Twelfth Night, Hamlet, and The Tempest to parks throughout Utah through late June. If you've somehow not seen a Grassroots show before, these crowd-pleasing accessible performances are not to be missed. Grab some snacks, roll out a blanket on a warm summer's night, and see these spectacular, raucous productions with music by our very own Gary Argyle. Check out the schedule on Facebook. Say hi to Gary and the cast and let them know Wander in Rome sent you.
What do we want the people to know, Danny? You're Danny. Who am I? Summer. I'm Summer. We are bisexually lit. This is a podcast about movies and life and everything in between. Two best friends who are loud and queer and love to talk about movies on and off mic. And we'd like to take you along for the ride. Why did we name our podcast Bisexually Lit? Well, like, you know, A, we're bisexual. Extremely. B, we're, we're getting lit. We're giving literary and thematic readings to the movies we love. Yeah. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We drop a new ep- episode every other Monday, bi-weekly, if you will. Oh, I will. Have you ever seen something you couldn't explain? Have you ever felt like something was watching you, even when you were alone? Have your dreams ever started bleeding into the reality around you? Starting March 8th, join us bi-weekly as we travel around the contiguous United States sharing strange stories and discovering mysteries hidden within the vastness of America. Listen to Lower 48 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Squeakers finally lays eyes on this book that the professor's been looking at. No, you must not. He notices that the book is an old leather-bound book. It's very large, and it looks like it has pages torn out of it. It is in a language that is incomprehensible. The people upstairs said you were able to translate it. What were you able to translate? Oh, I can't remember the words exact at this moment, but something about a woman, a woman named Kate, beating on the walls and the windows. Okay, uh, that doesn't seem very uh, spooky. You see, I believe that I have unleashed the spirit of this Kathy, and she now beats on my windows, tears her way into our home. But isn't the danger outside of your home instead of in the home? Yeah, but if she gets in... Ah, oh, I see, I see. Yeah, oh. uh, that would be a problem. Now, have you ever thought about just relocating this cabin? We've been trapped here. How long? Eight days. Oh, wow. Oh. I wouldn't have pegged them for being stranded for eight days. This is the kind of madness you only get after, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks. I know Grimbley and Jams, they sort of went off the deep end and they chewed on a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> It's the, it's the way I deal with stress. You know, those rodents with their ever-growing teeth, they need some relief. Amish takes in his surroundings, looks around, and he calmly steps over to the book and runs his claw across some of the text, and he stops. And he says, Well, here as is my want with an old rotten book, I believe I here have found a name. What does it say? I believe someone we meet I'll be named Heathcliff. Heathcliff. That's right, I can read some of this. That's yeah, impressive. one word, which is pretty cool. Normally, I can read one word in an old rotten book, and I'm like, oh, guess I'm going to carry that name around with me for a while. Is that where you got Napoleon? Yeah. Well, that was a small rotten book. Can you read any more of it, Hamish? Uh, let's see. Heathcliff, da-da-da. Kathy, he got that part right, this Kathy. Okay, all right. Um, Lord something or other. Mm-hmm. Wother? And what's wuthering? Wuthering. Anyway, Professor, I think that this 
book you're reading out of may just be a, you know, a book. Have you considered maybe it's book? Yeah, Professor. I, I think that this might just be one of them regular books. If this were a regular book, how then would it show me echoes of heaven and hell? What echoes have you seen? Just, just the geysers? Well, when I read from this page, and he flips back a few pages and points, from this page sprang a mighty shaking of the earth that split the beams of this basement. Not the load-bearing beams, mind you, two other beams. <laughs> we look around the basement and we do in fact see two beams that are dug into the earth and have split. That's kind of spooky, huh? I mean, that is kind of spooky from like a homeowner's perspective. Someone's going to have to pay to fix those beams. So you don't rent. <laughs> well, let's keep this all hush-hush, but I'm borrowing the place. <laughs> Did you break in here? N no, I had permission, technically. From who? You, you wouldn't know her. <laughs> she huh. doesn't go here. <laughs> she goes to a different geyser cabin. I propose something, Professor. You're a man of science. Sort of. Enough so that I'm sure that you would be interested in seeing if you could replicate these things, right? Well, I am interested in containing these things and also in bugs. What if you read the passage again and see if the same thing happens? Or maybe it'll have the opposite effect and it'll fix the beams instead of breaking them. What if you were to read it in reverse? <gasps> See, now, this would be good. Here, to sweeten the deal a little bit, if you do it again and things go screwy, Aldern will pay for it. I will not. Our friend Squeakers here is a handyman, though. I do carpenter from time to time. He might be able to fix the beams. There are also the bees to fix the beams. They're pretty good carpenters, too. Bees? <gasps> we could use the honey as an adhesive. You want to glue the pillars together? You gotta use wood glue, Well, and we don't have any, so I think honey might be a pretty good substitute. I thought you just put new beams in. I've been looking through this book, and I believe I found the passage that I read that incited this whole bloody affair. We were suggesting you read it again, or that maybe you read it backwards and see if that fixes the problem. We can do it a couple of different ways. Yeah, try it out. Reading backwards, I think, was what you landed on. Let me see. And the professor draws his claw across the line of text, and he reads, Cruel made me terror, window the through-looking face, child's uh, obscurely discerned I spoke it as. Ooh. Wow, that, that did sound creepy the way he read it. That was strange. It is in that moment that the earth starts to rumble again. No, it was supposed to do the opposite of that. Oh, I think that might just be the geysers. You said that the earthquakes happen fairly frequently, right? Well, uh, seemingly regular intervals, yes. Regular intervals? Although you keep using this word, geyser, geyser, I hardly know her. I suppose one might say that if something happens at regular intervals, then it's a pattern, right? Some people might say that. So, I suppose that means, then, that you could track when the next rumbling was going to happen. If I wanted to. I guess what I'm coming to here is that uh, your problem is that you just don't know when it's going to happen, but you have all the information in front of you to determine when that's going to happen. So, you might be able to avoid 
the spirits. Okay, I think that there's been some miscommunication between us. These things that I call spirits that emerged from my reading of the text. Why do you keep calling them geyser? Have you never seen a geyser before? Is it a bug? No, it's stores of water in the earth that are pushed to the surface. By a ghost? I'm not sure how much scientific knowledge is available on the heath, but... Oh, you are from the heath? Yes. I'm also from the heath. I just wanted to be cool. <laughs> oh. Grimbly pokes his head out from the top of the stairs and says, Actually, we're all from the heath. We came out in the rush after the war. And then we, we all met up and we came here and, and, and then we built this cabin. And yeah, now, now we're here. Uh, it seems like... You all have settled in quite the remarkable place. We thought so until Professor read from the book, and now uh, spirits are going like, to burn you if you go outside. I don't know if that's necessarily true, because we, we traveled from outside, and I think we were feeling quite fine until... Oh, but have you seen the pot of mud that leads down to hell? Oh, I think I missed that one. The pot of hell? Well, it's a pot of mud, but the heat that it generates surely must come from hell. Um, that one's behind the house. So let's take a look. Huh. Okay. The group goes up the stairs to the back door. You see, oh, uh... Wait, Professor! You've stopped looking at the book! Oh, no! The group tenses, and the ground does not shake. Oh, oh no, I'm being changed. I'm transforming! The professor writhes on the ground, and oh. the group, standing in a circle, look down on him. I should have kept looking at the book. Who knows what spirits inhabit me now? He looks fine to me. Yeah, he looks exactly the same. Even if I make my face do this. Oh. Uh, okay, well, that is, that's, different. that's different, technically, but all the pieces are still there. Do, do you feel any difference? No. Ranger pokes him with a stick. Let's go look at the mud pot. <laughs> okay. Seems strangely disappointed you didn't change. They walk out the side door of the cabin, look around, they see a geyser resembling a huge pot of mud bubbling and gurgling and giving off all kinds of heat and egg fart smells. Hey, hey, Squeakers. Yeah, what's up? I'll give you a nickel if you go touch it. Hey, that's a good nickel. I'd advise against that. I'd advise against it too. You'll burn your fingers. All right, two nickels. Hamish steps up. Now look, squeakers. Yeah? I'm going to advise you not to do it, but you know what I mean by that. Squeakers looks down at Hamish's paw that still says, don't. Oh, sorry about that. And Hamish <laughs> rubs out the don't. <laughs> <laughs> rubs off the end of Hmm. Now, this provides a bit of a conundrum because I want to do that, but I also trust Aldern's judgment and advice, and uh, I saw the scalding that that rabbit had, and I don't know that I want two nickels bad enough to scald my finger. What if I made it three nickels? Okay, Ooh, now you got yourself nickel. a deal. And... <laughs> Squeakers puts his finger barely touching the mud and it goes, and he goes ah, ah, ah. puts his finger in his mouth and it burns him further. Oh, oh. 
Oh man, you put the fart mud in your mouth. <laughs> now you got a fart finger. Fart Ew. finger, fart <laughs> finger. Why, why do I give in to peer pressure so easily? Squeakers, what have we learned from this experience? Well, it depends. Give me my nickels. Oh, oh here you go. Uh, here's one nickel. Well, we've learned that a fair transaction sometimes burns you in the end. Raindrop is a woman of her word. You know, the skies, they are not as blood red as I anticipated. Wait, you haven't even looked at the sky since reading I've, that book? I've been in the cellar. It's actually a very nice day. Right now it is, but you know, a little while ago it was raining hellfire, so... The geysers do erupt occasionally and spew water for a few seconds, but it's only very briefly. Oh, well, those are the parts when I'm outside. I <laughs> When I go outside and it's raining fire from the heavens, then I go back inside like a sensible person would. It's not raining hellfire now. Would you care to step outside? I'll poke my head out. I'm not convinced I'm on your side yet. And he pokes his head out a window. Well, it's fine out here. No, yeah, you're correct. It does seem fine. Suddenly, the ground rumbles. Oh, I was so wrong. I offended the book. And a large stream of water gushes out, creating a pillar. Oh, my gods. Forgive me. These are very active geysers. Grimbly, Warnut, Jams. Yes, Professor. Yes, Professor. Yeah. Run. <laughs> Obscure yourselves somewhere. Find safety from these horrible spirits I have wrought. Jams trembles and dives under the bed. Warnut rushes out and trips on the stairs before falling flat on her face. And Grimbly stays inside where he was the entire time. The professor throws his arms up in the air. Oh, Kathy, we beg your forgiveness. Kathy, we beg your forgiveness. Kathy, please, please, Kathy. What? Kathy, please. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry. Don't bump on our windows, Kathy. Don't tremble the floors. Kathy, uh, also don't break any more beams, please. Also, who's Heathcliff? Just as sudden as the geyser began, the geyser stops. Huh. Oh, we're forgiven, it seems, this time. So, these geysers, they are going to continue to happen for some time. You may consider moving your home or just dealing with the geysers, but you can't stay locked up in there forever. No, no, we have to give it back in two days. <laughs> well, I guess the problem <laughs> solved itself. Well, gang, I guess we should uh, probably mosey on out of here. I, honestly, it kind of smells weird, and I need to go nurse my finger. My friends, the time has come for us to ford out bravely into the wilderness, seeking a place to call our own. Oh, well, we're headed over there, too, if you guys want to come with us. This accursed place, we must leave to rot and be taken up by my cousin Janine. <laughs> but behold... I have unearthed an ancient text that will guide us the way to our next home. I believe I have deciphered these first few characters. It reads, It was the best of times. I wish you all well. 
Um, which direction are you going? You see that cabin up on the hill? Yes. We're going there. Oh, okay. We're going the other way. Yeah, I think we should go a different direction. Good luck with Kathy. What, whatever happened there, seems like there might be a chance for something between you two. You know, don't rule it out. I wish you nothing but the best of times. Yeah, because it sounds like these were the worst of times here. It can only get better. As the gang leaves the cabin and waves goodbye to the professor and his friends, they travel around the mud pots. As they do so, they come upon a large steam-driven machine. Guys, I, I ain't never seen nothing like that before. Well, hello there, friends. Are you looking to purchase tickets for the train? <gasps> the train? The train? The train. Squeakers, you forgot to say the train. Oh, the train? Next week on Wander and Rome. The smell of the geyser fields fades into the distance as the large train rolls down the track. The leather and velvet interior is soft and luxurious. The staff is bustling, making sure everything is in order as the guests, dressed in dresses and tuxedos, conspire under gas lamps. Welcome to the Roundabout Express. Music for Wander and Rome is written and performed by Gary Argyle. Wander and Rome is produced by Winterhawk Podcasts and Gary Argyle. For more great shows, visit winterhawkpodcasting.com.